Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here again with Tom DeAngelis, Cameron Norris, and Rachel Clark. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Great. Uh, so for those of you who are uh, who are new to Reflections from the Heart, it's a gospel reflection. For those of you who have been with us before, you know that. And some out there have have been either with us at one of our gospel reflections uh, here in Elizabethtown, or you're involved with your own. Uh, so you're going to recognize this prayer. For those who have never been to one of our gospel reflection groups, it's a beautiful prayer. It's called the Prayer of Pope Clement. So when we get to the opening prayer, we're just going to pray this as we do at our gospel reflection groups. We'll just go around the table and, uh, and, and pray this together. But just listen to these words, uh, and I'm sure something's going to speak to your heart. With that, Rachel, could you start us? Absolutely. Lord, I believe in you. Help me to believe more firmly. I trust in you. Help me to trust more surely. I love you. Help me to love more ardently. I am sorry for my sins. Help me to deepen my sorrow. I worship you because I came from you. I long for you because you made me for yourself. I praise you as my ever-present helper. I call on you as my powerful protector. Guide me by your wisdom. Correct me with your justice. Comfort me by your mercy. Defend me with your power. Lord, I offer you my thoughts to be centered on you, my words to speak of you, my actions to do your will, my sufferings for your sake. I want whatever you want, because you want it, the way you want it, as long as you want it. Lord, enlighten my mind, strengthen my will, purify my heart, and sanctify my spirit. Enable me to regret past offenses, resist future temptations, overcome wayward tendencies, cultivate needed virtues. Lord, in your goodness, grant me the grace to love you and forget myself, to seek my neighbor's good and despise the seduction of the world. Teach me to obey those in authority, serve those under my care, look after my friends, forgive my enemies. Lord, help me to overcome pleasure by austerity, greed by generosity, anger by self-mastery, apathy by fervor. Make me prudent in planning, unwavering in danger, patient in adversity, unassuming in success. Keep me, Lord, attentive at prayer, moderate in food and drink, energetic in my work, firm in my resolutions. Enable me to keep my conscience clear, my bearing modest, my dealings exemplary, my life well-ordered. Lord, let me be alert to tame my natural instincts. Foster the life of grace, keep your law, and win salvation. Teach me how trivial worldly interests are, how momentous the kingdom, how brief temporal concerns are, how lasting life eternal. Lord, by your grace, enable me to prepare for death, fear judgment, escape hell, and reach paradise. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 So for those of you who just uh, share this prayer with us, if you 
If you like that prayer, there's uh, this and many others in the Stewardship of Prayer uh, prayer book, and you can get those just by visiting us online at uh, stewardshipmission.org. And if you want to join us at a Gospel Reflection, uh, look on our website or give us a call, and we can direct you to a, a reflection near you or help you start one yourself. Uh, so uh, we'll, we're here for you. Tom, can you read the Gospel for us? Sure. Uh, Again, this is uh, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 32 to 48. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourself that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself and have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants." Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward, who the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the manservants and maidservants to eat and drink and get drunk, and the servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. The servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Right there at the end, Tom, we said the uh, servant who is ignorant, mm. uh, you know, will, will receive uh, a lighter beating. Yeah. And I just wrote next to it, once you know, you can't not know. <laughs> yep. And God knows you know. <laughs> yeah, so once you know, you can't not know, right? So through God's grace, he has... Uh, you know, he's, he's come into our lives, we've accepted him, and we know him, and we love him, and we're serving him, um, so we know, so uh, we, can't, we can't plead ignorant, you know, we know uh, what is, you know, we, yeah, we, we know that he wants us to be all in, so mm-hmm. I, I, I look at that, and then I say, okay, now how do I measure against that, so, so through God's grace, I'm in a relationship with him. Um, what do I need? To, how, how do I need to grow? How do I need to grow in, in knowing him more, loving him more, serving him more, uh, following his will 
in my life. So that's that's a a call that just struck me right there at the end, Tom, when you when you read that. That and uh, you can't hide from the Lord. It's kind of like Santa. On a lighter note, <laughs> he knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you're awake. When it, whether you've been bad or good, you can't hide any aspect of your your thoughts or your heart from from the yeah. Lord. So it says, for where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. That really struck me. And you can't hide from God. He knows you inside and out. Yeah, there's a, a line in the first paragraph that says, where your treasure is there also will your heart be. And um, I think about there's a line for, I don't know how many years we've been reading the the prayer of Pope Clement or the universal prayer as it's sometimes called. And the second passage there in that prayer says, I worship you because I came from you. I long for you because you made me for yourself. And it's kind of like whatever else you put in that box that's not God won't work. It just won't work. Because why? Because you made me for yourself. You know, I worship you because I came from you. Now, I don't worship you because it's a good thing to do or it's a nice thing. I worship you because I came from you. So I long for you because you made me for yourself. That's where I'm, I come from you and I'm destined to go back to you. And anything that doesn't, that doesn't contribute to that or doesn't fit into that is going to make us, is, you know, it'll be our hearts in, a wrong, in the wrong place, you know, because our treasure, if our treasure is God, the most valuable thing in our life is where we came from and where we're going, then that's where our heart will be. But if we get our heart off track, then we're we're lost. You know, where do you where do you go when you can't remember where you came from or where you're going? Wow, you know, that's beautiful. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a great tie from that prayer into this so, gospel. Yeah, it just yeah. so happened we read that, and I that I mm. always think about that. Uh, when I used to I used to work, you know, fill in for RCIA when somebody couldn't show up, and I always started with that prayer, and I always brought everything back to that because that's really when you get right down to it, that's. In a nutshell, that's our life. I worship you because I came from you. I long for you because you made me for yourself. We're, des- we're designed for God. That's it. Beautiful. There's no other. There's no other purpose to our life. Return wow. to God. That's awesome. Yeah. Cameron, you're shaking. I your love head. It. Just, just doing it. That's the hard part, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about. We have kids. Today is our. Our middle daughter's four-year-old birthday. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. So last night and today with my wife, uh, we got to talk about her and talk about all of our kids. And when I read these, what I would call instructions, um, where it talks about if you know what to do and you do the wrong thing, it's not good. If, uh, If you're ignorant, and then it talks about much will be required of the person entrusted with much. And then still even more will be demanded on the person entrusted with more. So I think of it kind of as on a natural side of things, raising a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old right now, what I entrust them with, more is going to be demanded. And what's the right way to do that? What's the way a good father would do that? And I think we all... People listening or people in the room, we've probably all been raised in different situations where we've seen some good and we've seen some bad. As we're trying to raise up the next generation as best as we possibly can, and hopefully better than us, and hopefully better than our parents, and hopefully better, hopefully it continues to get better, and hopefully 
my kids are better fathers than I am or better mothers, you mm-hmm. know, it, that's what you want for it. Uh, so I'm just thinking about what do I demand of them when I entrust them? And, and part of that is it starts with a little bit. If I can't trust my kid with handing out, so this morning, special treat, bad dad alert, I gave out some jelly beans to my kid at seven o'clock this morning because it's her birthday and she loves jelly beans. So we got some jelly beans and I gave her a couple to give to her sister and I gave her a couple to give to her brother. And right away she did that. And as she did it, I'm thinking, she nailed that. And I'll tell you what, a few months ago, she probably would have took the 10 jelly beans I gave her kept eight of them and gave out one and one. But today she was like, she was counting them up and she was figuring out what an even number would be. And I didn't give her the instructions, but she handed out the jelly beans. And then I gave her an extra one because it's her birthday and I thought she should have an extra one. And I know this is simple, but it's a four-year-old with jelly beans. Now as her dad, I know I can trust her with a little bit more. And I think Part of this comes down to trust. What can you be trusted with? And if you're going to put your treasure in the kingdom, you're, you're probably going to get more treasures to come through you than if, you know, it's like to the level, how much can you be blessed? How much can I give you? How much can I trust you with? And it doesn't mean you give 100% away. It doesn't mean you have to give 90% of it away. But at what level do you steward things that you know are his and not yours? And to what level do you do you listen to the Holy Spirit? This is for me and my family. This is for us today. You know, I think it's okay to eat steak. You don't have to eat hot dogs every day. But to what level do things pass through you? And and I think it all boils down to the the only word I wrote down here so far during reading this is lordship. Who's lord of my life? Where where am I storing up? Who's really in control? Who's really in charge? Whose heart am I really pursuing? Who's after me? Who am I after? Um, so I'm going on a tangent here, but it, it it speaks to me. It's a great point. Yeah, Thank I, you. that line I really like as well. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Uh, I just think about my husband and I and our journey throughout life so far, and we've started our own business, and just making sure that we continue to invest time, effort, energy into putting God first in all that we do. Uh, It's something that as life moves quicker and quicker, uh, it's something that you could easily let fall by the wayside, but you constantly have to bring yourself back to the center of why are you here? What kind of life do I want to live? And as God blesses you abundantly, how can you, I feel like for me personally, it's God saying like, I trust you to do the right thing with the abundant blessings that I've given you. And it's, it's a heavy weight. And it's something that, you know, every day when I'm at daily mass or when I'm here on Wednesdays with the group, uh, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm always, I'm hungry for the word of God and how can I grow as a person to, to, to be better for him and to help other people in that regard. So that, that line to me just reminds me of that, that heavy weight in a good way and what you can do with it. Yeah. I I think too, that, uh, one of the challenges that we have when we're starting to confront that, you know, if you think back a few weeks ago, the gospel had one of the passages in the gospel was, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be given besides. 
I spent a lot of time with that over the last few weeks and kind of wrote some things in my journal about it. But, you know, if you really think hard about that, seek first the kingdom of heaven and and not everything else because everything else will be given mm-hmm. besides. So if like if I'm seeking the kingdom of heaven and also seeking after everything else besides, like because I got to take care of myself, then you've kind of like preempted God's – I mean, he, he said seek first the kingdom of heaven – Everything else will be given besides. Like, if you just pursue me, but I don't think it stops there. It's not like we spend all of our time in church or on our knees or praying a rosary. It is if you seek first the kingdom of heaven, in other words, to create my presence wherever you go, with the people that you deal with, with your family, with your friends, with the people you do business with, with the, with the people that God brings into your life. Just happens the person you run into at the mini-mart when you stop for gas or something. But if we seek to the kingdom of heaven and all those things, then everything else will be given. Like we don't even have to worry about that stuff. It doesn't mean we don't take care of our, you know, our our financial needs or our take care of our house or take care of our children if we're raising our children. But how do we bring God into those? How do we seek the kingdom of heaven in everything I do, and then everything that you want, your heart's desire, which is in there, you know, because I worship you because I came from you, right? Mm-hmm. And I long for you because you made me. For, if you seek first God, then everything else will be will be brought in, and you don't really have to worry about that. You know that's really kind of God's deal with us. You know, but how many of us seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then in parentheses, and not everything else? Let God take care of that. You know, seek first how my presence in your life, and to share that with everybody else in our life. I'll take care of everything else. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't do it, but don't worry about it. Don't don't. Don't go after that. Don't say, well, I'm going to pray, and then I've got to go do work, you know, which is different from prayer. I'm not going to. Yeah. Cameron, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. Just give you a little heads up. I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> yep. All right. This is a, a conversation we had several months ago about balance and priority and, and how people say, oh, you know, God first, if you're married, spouse second, then kids, and then boom, and like this whole laundry list. Yeah. And you said something to me that, if you recall the conversation and what you shared. I just shared. thought of it while Tom was sharing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, that double trigger you, on whatever you, I you said, said, right? You said, uh, you know, you don't want, then if, if it's so regimented, then the people below God are going to feel as if they are below God, and you, and you kind of gave another visual of that. You yeah, know? what Tom was saying was seek first the kingdom. <clears throat> right after that, it doesn't say number two. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... Religion sometimes says God number one, uh, me number two, my spouse number three, my kids number four, my pastor number five, my friend, my neighbor, my coworker, and we have this whole list of, hey, I'd love to spend time with you, but you know what? I haven't spent time <laughs> you're, with you're my kids 12. today, yeah. <laughs> and I have to give them two hours before mm-hmm. I can give you one hour. Who is the example? Jesus. What did Jesus do? He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father say. And I think the, the role of Holy Spirit, I'm not going to go through the whole thing of it, but I think the role of the Holy Spirit is to make us look like Jesus. It, is, it, is, it gives exactly us right. access to the Father, it, Christ in us, and us living in Christ. We are seated in heavenly places. So what I'm getting at is if if the Holy Spirit is to make us look like Jesus and Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, 
then all we have to do is seek first the kingdom. And if we see the Father saying, call Rob today, then that's probably one of the most important things I should do that day. If we see the Father saying, buy my wife roses, that's probably one of the most important things I should do that day. But it doesn't have to look down the list of seek number one, seek number two, seek number three. You seek first. There's one thing. And there was an emphasis to that. So seek first the kingdom, the kingdom being righteousness, peace, and joy. It says seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's not adding something to the kingdom. If the kingdom's righteousness, peace, and joy, it's emphasizing the righteousness. That's Holy Spirit, right? So I was, yeah, you and I were thinking of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you that day, yeah, or speaking through you to me that day, and uh, yeah, we got to share it with all of you. So hopefully, hopefully, it was a blessing. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, yeah. thank you. A great reminder to let the Lord guide your path. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, sometimes I can spiritualize things. I could say it work. That's secular. At church, that's spiritual. I, I just don't think God sees it that way. I think to him, everything is his. Everything, the, the kingdom's at hand. The kingdom's in us. That means if I'm at work, the kingdom's at work. That means if I'm yeah. hanging out with my friends and we're having dinner together, the Lord is a part of that. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to be invited. I think he wants to be there. Well, and, and too, I think that goes to the whole purpose of worship services, or in our case, the Mass and the sacraments and the things that we participate in as Catholics, is also... Like, do we pray? Do we get away from everything else because it's secular, because it's mundane, because it's profane, and go to church to get holy? But we're supposed to bring what we get, our the presence of God that we get there, the the lessons of Jesus, you know, the example of Jesus. You know, we're supposed to bring that out with us. And to the extent that you know, that's right. over my whole life. I keep it's one of the prayers when I leave church is Lord. Stay with me as I'm going out, because this is your world out there. And I think one of the great insights that I had over my life was realizing that the work that I was doing with people, particularly in business and working you know, in a plant or in a department or working with a project or whatever, and people were struggling, was to bring the presence of God there. And not necessarily you know, that we should, okay, let's everybody pray about this now, is just bring bring peace, bring forgiveness. You know, there's things that need to happen to make things work well in a business environment that we can't even use the words because they're because they have a religious connotation. But you need people to forgive other people and not get angry when somebody does something stupid. Just then we need to be able to confront them. We need to be able to deal with that directly in a positive healthy way. We need to hold people accountable. We need to bring ourselves together collectively and and ask what's the highest good we can be doing here. Because that's what we're that's what we're called to do. We're always called, right? When we talk about returning to God, it's always being brought back to what's the highest good I can do right now? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. It's the same thing. It's two ways of saying the same thing. So we're called to bring that into our life. Why do we go to church then? Not to get holy, but to bring holy out with us when we leave. You know, I try to get more and more of it to stick so that when I go out. You know the fragrance follows me. You know, so I don't I don't leave it all in church and then come out. Now I just do my secular thing out here. You know, Tom, then bringing that out, it's you, not. It's you would have you would have loved the same conference that I was talking to you, talking to everybody about last. I think it was last show about the author that I met. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I also I didn't meet this. I think I've read that this, guy's book. I didn't meet the speaker that Stories. I'm going to refer to, but his message, his t- the title was "We Got to Get Out of the Bubble," and he's a business like. 
one of the most sought after business consultants, leadership consultants in the secular world, like one of the top, top of the top. And he's an all fire man of, of God. So he said, I got to tell you guys, it's not getting outside the bubble. The people outside of the bubble aren't getting it. Wow. You, know, you, you have to, you have to get outside the yeah. bubble. And he just kept reinforcing that, that, and, and the way you articulated it was beautiful, Tom, that, you know, we, we come, we go to prayer, we go to mass, we go to service to be filled so we can be that reservoir and, right. and we have to reach outside of the bubble, get uncomfortable outside of the bubble. And that's not, especially when you were out, when you were outside the bubble yeah. and you were living a life that was not at all God honoring. Yeah, you never got in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes out. for me, at least, you know, I was outside the bubble. I was going to mass every Sunday, but I was totally outside the bubble. Uh, once I realized there was a bubble to get in and, you know, through God's grace said yes to him and had made some great friendships within my faith. Sometimes I get nervous to go outside the bubble. Yeah. It's not easy. You know, so I think we have to, we have to trust that, like you said, Cameron, wherever we are, the kingdom of God, that's, that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, the Lord took St. Paul away for a while, but then he went outside the bubble. All right. So maybe, you know, we've been taken away some, you know, for a little bit of time. But now it's our time to go outside the bubble. That and one of the most striking things I've heard at our gospel reflections is that, you know, we were made in the image of the Lord. So remembering to take that outside of church into daily life, you may be the only person Mm -hmm. that somebody can see the Lord through you, through your smile, through your love, through your interaction with them, and how powerful that really is. That if someone doesn't know God, if you can show them the love of God, it could change their life. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's a really powerful thing uh, to remember. And, you know, you may think, oh, well, what, what good can I do? But you could really do a lot of good if you remember to, you know, that you are the light of God in the world. You, you might be the only gospel anybody sees this week. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're carrying that out with you, then you may be the only thing in their life that resonates to Jesus. And, and to know we're not the Savior. Yeah. But we are called to plant the seeds. Yes. So what you're talking about, Rachel, is planting seeds. So we plant them, and sometimes God will give us a little peek at yep. what happened. But I think He protects us from ourselves because if we saw how much good God did with the seeds we planted, I don't think we can handle that, <laughs> right? Right. So right. But let's just keep planting, planting, yeah. planting with our smile, with our kindness, with our going out of the way for people, with you know speaking His name when it's you know when people ask for the reason why. We are the way we are. Let's keep planting seeds. So we want to thank all of you for joining us. And uh, let's go outside the bubble and plant some seeds. God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.